Welcome everyone to episode number six of the Empower Good Podcast. Today I talked to RG Enriquez from Astig Vegan, who's absolutely killing it with her online blog, YouTube channel, and live cooking shows all over the world. You're not gonna wanna miss today's show because she goes deep and she goes practical on what it's like to be an online influencer. Hey, RG, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I'm really excited to have you with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. I've been watching your videos over the last several months, and I even met you in person in San Francisco. And that's where I first met you at, the, what is it, the San Francisco Veg Fest? Is that what it was called? Yes. Yeah, and so I remember going there, and I was trying out all the samples and everything, and then I, there was a cooking demonstration and there you were teaching everybody how to make Filipino food, but not just any kind of Filipino food, but vegan Filipino right. food. So that's kind of how we met. And so maybe just to get started off, I mean, I've met you, I follow you on Instagram, et cetera, and I've watched some of your videos, but just for those who don't know, just kind of give us a little bit of background of who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Sure. So my name's RG Enriquez, and I veganize Filipino food. Basically, vegan means no animal products, in the dishes. And I, Filipino food is commonly known as very meat heavy. And for me, when I became um, plant-based, uh, vegetarian and eventually vegan, I wanted to still feel connected to my culture. So I, I started veganizing Filipino food. And when I found out that it's possible, my mantra, has always been uh, Filipino food can be vegan, healthy, and delicious without losing its soul. After I found out that you don't have to compromise your health um, your, or, or the other way around your culture uh, to have vegan Filipino food. So after that, I was so excited. I wanted to share it with everybody. And I'm very blessed, lucky, and appreciative that people also... Um, took notice of the recipes and they became interested and hence I um, started a blog from there uh, on astigvegan.com and from there it grew to having a YouTube cooking show and eventually to uh, you know in-person de cooking demos as well so then that's how we met yeah that's how we met that's that's yeah, so awesome no, right? that's that's a, that's a really packed story right there because, you know, you had a whole process. And actually, that was one of my questions. Have you always been vegan? I know you said that Filipino. You know, actually, I've been to the Philippines. I went to, obviously, Manila. And then I did, I did like a two-week kind of like community service mission trip over there. And we yes. worked on Mindoro Island. It was really cool. And I just love the Filipino culture. I love the Filipino food. And uh, I have a lot of Filipino friends. And so... It, it, like you said, without losing the soul, there's just something special about the culture. I'm not even Filipino, but I recognize that. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. But, uh, and it's true. It's very vegan. Actually, funny story. I, I've always been vegetarian. And I remember I went over there and I asked them if the pancit, you know, we went to somebody's house and you can't say no when they take you to somebody's <laughs> house, right? And uh, they, yeah. they're like, oh, is it vegetarian? They're like, oh, yes, it's vegetarian. And uh, I bit into something hard. It was a little chicken bone. So it was, it was kind of funny. It's true. They do. Oh, yeah. They do put meat in a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's very tricky. And so when I started 
you know, my work, I was very aware that it can be tricky. People may not get what I'm doing. Um, so I just really have to be very patient um, and trust in the process. But yeah, I think that's really cool that you went to the Philippines. I ha actually haven't even been to Mindoro. So that's, you beat me to it. <laughs> oh, well, you've probably been other places too, but yeah. you know, what, was it hard for you? Because like in America, for example, you know, if you go against steak and potatoes, you know, that's like, you're, you're not right. even a patriot anymore. Like in the Filipino culture, when, when you're saying, Hey guys, I'm going to redo and uh, like undo and reinvent the traditional Filipino food, do they like look at you and say, you're not even Filipino anymore? Or was it, you know, something right. that they were welcoming? Yes. So uh, it was very tricky. So I wanted to make sure that I'm not making it unfamiliar. So um, that's, that's the key for me. So I think um, as long as it is still very familiar in, in flavor, and texture, um, and that I'm, then I think the, you know, people will, will question it less, especially um, when I also explain that it's for health, it can also better, um, it's also healthier than the meat version. So if it tastes just like the meat version, but healthier, um, then why not try it? And I also, part of my message is, but you don't even have to be fully vegan. You don't have to be vegan to try a vegan dish. So if you want to eat healthier, just try my recipe. And if you feel like, you know, you don't, you don't have to go all or nothing right away. If that's your style, that's totally awesome. But if that's not your style and you just want to try it out, that's fine too. It doesn't have to be, you know, I, my, at least for me, I, that's the case for me to be patient and I cannot just impose it on people because I grew up there. And to answer your question, the, the question before was, have I always been vegan? So I was the biggest meat eater in my family uh, when, you know, growing up until I was 15 years. Well, actually, um, yeah, I think I became vegan around my 20s. So, um, but I went here um, to the US. We arrived here when I was 15 years old. So prior to that, all my life, it has always been in the Philippines. So I think that truly helped me to empathize with them. Um, so to understand where they're coming from, why they're questioning um, the authenticity of the, the dishes. So if you try to understand the other person first, keep an open mind, then I think they'll be more receptive. I think that applies to whatever you're doing. Cause you know, people who listen to Empower Good, they might not, you know, know how to cook or might not cook Filipino food, but this is almost like an object lesson. You know, it's like whatever we want to start, if we want to teach people how to cook, if we want to teach people how to play an instrument, or if we want to start a business, do a nonprofit, no matter what you're doing, you can't just come and say, this is what you have to do. You have to understand that people have a process. They have habits they've done for a long time. And so whatever you're trying to educate and work with them on, it's important to do it as a process and to be patient and to maybe as maybe you can, uh, I think I could say this correctly, that you're taking more of the inspiration and education role and letting them take their own time and doing it. I wanted to ask you this question right here because there's, there's this uh, thing that I like to call passive consumption. Like we take a lot in, the, in our society. We just receive, we learn, we gain, we enjoy ourselves, but we don't always share what we learn. 
And so that's one of my hashtags, learn and share. And so you're not just a cook. You discovered that you could make your authentic Filipino food a vegan and make it healthier. Why is it that you decided to kind of go outside of your comfort zone, put yourself out there, start blogging, start doing videos and now cooking shows. And I literally see you like all over the world, like, you know, doing shows and stuff like that. I mean, why did you decide? You could just cook for your friends and family and be totally happy and healthy and satisfied. Why did you go out and feel a burden to share? Because there's nothing so much joyful. Like the, it, it just makes you feel so good about helping other people. So, mm. you know, um, when when you hear in, in stories in, you know, from other people that, um, that somehow I have either helped them or inspired them, it also inspires me back. Um, so it's a, it's a cycle. And I think it's a wonderful um, community um, to be part of, um, just like your movement, uh, I mean, and, and, and your advocacy. So I think that's, it's wonderful to start something that could uh, benefit uh, your community and, and everybody, really, whether vegan or not, Filipino or not. And in my case, you know, anyone who is interested, I, I love to share because it's, I'm, first, I'm passionate about uh, about my culture and I'm passionate about veganism. Uh, and then if people find it helpful, then it's double the happiness that it brings me. And so because of that, hopefully, and like like what you were saying, um, they will also inspire other people um, and it will all multiply. But yeah, but um, hearing hearing people's um, stories um, inspired me back um, on my feed, Instagram feed, <laughs> almost 99% are like from people who have recreated the dishes because I'm, it just brings me so much joy. So if not for anything else, do it because it just brings me so much joy. Absolutely. And I, I found the same thing. You know, I find joy in being successful or happy or doing whatever I'm learning, but I feel like I always find more joy in having other people get, get it you know, having that epiphany as well, whatever that is. I'm also very passionate about health. So I love that we're having a great conversation here. So I'm excited that you're doing this. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you um, what some of those success stories were. I know you said that you interact. I know that you have, like, I have looked through some of your videos. You have a lot of comments and there's a lot of people ask questions. Um, what are some of those success stories? Like when you're having a bad day, when you, you know, it gets tiring, right? Um, what is it that you draw? Like, what do you look for? Like, you know, what is it that, but what you're doing, like, what's your favorite part? Like what really lifts you up when you're, when you need that boost? Why do you do this? Um, you're getting, making me feel emotional. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, well, <laughs> uh, well, too, I mean, there are many, 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 many stories that inspire me, but I just, I will just name a couple. And one of them, will be um, from this uh, person who on Instagram, who um, shared her photo of Pinakbe. And she said that it was her and her mom who, who used the recipe. And she said that prior um, that her mom wouldn't, couldn't understand her lifestyle and they weren't really seeing things eye to eye. And through cooking together, um, her mom, 
understands her more and is excited about her choice and uh, has brought them together. So I, that really, you know, that really warms my wow. heart. So the mom, the, the mom and daughter didn't have a good relationship, but then now because they can start cooking together, then they worked out. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they have like a bad relationship, but I just, that part of her being vegan, um, she said that her, her mom doesn't really necessarily agree with her choice. And, but through the recipe, um, her mom has opened up to it and has, you know, brought them closer. It was sort of a bonding experience for both of them. So that's, uh, that's one thing that has truly inspired me because it's, it, it brings me so much hope um, that it's possible for, because it's, it's a big deal, like what you were saying, well, you know, the older generation may not understand, well, I don't know if that's Filipino enough. So, you know, uh, what she was saying, her story that the mom, you know, um, approved was one of the biggest compliments. But the second one was uh, more of a personal thing as well. Um, I, I have this cousin and um, uh, we weren't really that close, but uh, at family events, we would see each other and chat. And, um, but I didn't really know that she was following my blog. And, and unfortunately, she had leukemia and um, she eventually passed away. So- I'm sorry she, to hear that. Yeah, and she was, she, yeah, she's, re she's really young. And she, I went to her uh, funeral and my family members were telling me that, um, you know, she she really was a huge follower of the blog, and she was she would always watch the YouTube cooking shows, and she um, she said if she um, had more time, she would cook more of my recipes. And I had no idea. Like, I wish you know, I wish I knew about uh, about this about uh, about her. About, knew this about her. Then we could have you know talked more. Um, so, and then that, that's just like a message. I, what I got out of it was just because I'm not hearing uh, feedback right away, uh, that doesn't mean um, about your hard work. It doesn't mean that no one is uh, watching or appreciative of your work. Um, just because you're doing hard work and you're not getting instant comments or people you're not seeing enough followers or enough views. That doesn't mean that you have touched someone's life, you know? So um, that's the lesson I got of it. And then, you know, every time that I feel that way, that um, having a hard time, I just think about her and her story and that maybe someone out there, um, you know, is, is using my recipes in a very positive way, just making their day or cheering them up somehow. Wow. That's a really, really inspiring story. And I, I thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that story. Uh, because I think, I think that, I mean, what you said right there is that you're not going to see all the results right away, you know? And I think actually long-term, we might not ever see all of the results. It's impossible. Uh, you know, and I think that's just really cool that you were able to share that story. And I feel like while we, you know, as people that go out there and do things for other people, especially on media and stuff like that. It's, it's hard sometimes because, you know, you're, it's easy to get caught up in numbers and, and, you know, followers and subscribers and likes and stuff like that. But 
what really thrills my soul is hearing somebody saying, thank you so much. I needed that. Even the small thing. And that was a huge thing there with your cousin, but uh, that's inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I have a, I have a, I want to transition a little bit to, um, I was looking at, I, you know, as I've been following your stuff on social media, et cetera, one of the things, cause I encourage a lot of people, like if they have a talent, I'm like, Hey, go like start an Instagram, do YouTube, like do something like start sharing things. But they always say like, Oh, especially cooking. I tell them like, wow, you can cook. You should start a channel or something. And they said, well, I don't have time to take all the fancy pictures and to edit it. Cause there are some Instagrams that are like very well put together and your, your pictures look absolutely amazing. They, the, the food looks so good. And then you always do that one thing with the spatula, like you, you, you like put it in the, in the soup or in the dish and then like you let it pour down. And I'm like, oh my goodness, why can't I have some right now? But, but, but at the same time, you do a lot of documentation. Like you, you're not afraid of just showing the process. It doesn't have to be fancy. Some people like they will not post it unless it looks like Photoshop, you know? So maybe you can comment on that, like on your strategy, like documentation versus just creating like, you know, fine polished content. Cause you do a lot of documentation and people are afraid. I can't start anything unless it's perfect, you know, and maybe right. you can comment on that. Yes. So, um, how I see it is it's twofold. So you don't have to wait for some, for something that you want to share to be superbly polished, but you also want to take the time to make sure that it's of value. Um, in order for you to get the feedback that you want. Um, so for example, um, with, uh, with my Instagram stories or my YouTube cooking shows, I'm not so uh, super hung. I, I make sure that the, you know, the aesthetic is there, but at the same time, it's second priority. My first priority is, Will this recipe be solid enough that if someone made this at home, they will like it, that they will tell their family and friends? So um, although I, you know, I'm guilty, like with my recipes on, on the website and on YouTube, I do, you know, I still edit, I do like the Photoshop thing, but first priority is to make sure that I have a solid recipe first. I learned this the hard way because um, I was just trying to look fancy on my website, trying to look, you know, really cool with the photos. Uh, but the ingredients, it just like, it wasn't put together well, as far as not like the font size or what it looks like, but meaning like, if you try to do it at home, you've never tried it before, you're gonna be confused. You're gonna be frustrated. You're gonna get be mad at me because you just, I wasted your time, I wasted your, your money, and now you don't know, you're gonna have to throw away all these ingredients because the recipe didn't work out. And that is, um, so reprioritize um, your focus. Your focus should be, is this valuable? Is this going not, is the, will this look good um, aesthetically? So uh, with my Instagram stories, you know, I am very, whatever I share, um, I do more <laughs> in my day than just cooking or just, um, you know, with my garden or my grocery trips. I do other stuff, but I'm selective because 
I understand that my account is for people who are, um, I'm still thoughtful of them. It's about their one get inspired, uh, cooking healthier, cooking more compassionately. So I'm gonna share that. I'm not gonna share about, look at my outfit of the day today. So, or, you know, I am doing something else that's completely different. So I hope that answered or that makes sense to you. So uh, still, still put hard work, still uh, do your homework, still research, still, um, and, and don't be lazy with just putting out whatever it is. Uh, but just make sure, but don't be hung up on the wrong things, whether you're using the right camera or, you know, if it's Photoshop, 110%. So, yeah. I think that's a valuable lesson uh, because a lot of people, like I said, they get hung up on that. Now, if you can do both, right? But exactly. You know, what I hear you're saying is that it's more important to bring value to the customer or to the, the, the follower um, than just having the aesthetic look goods because eventually it's going to bite you <laughs> when you come back around, you know? Um, it did bite me. <laughs> so, so I hope people learn from my mistake early. And then it's fine if you make a mistake early on. You had I a bad experience? Like, yeah, when I was starting my blog, I, I think I, my priority is just in the wrong place. Um, although I was already excited about sharing my story, I didn't um, take the time to, you know, to, take notes of my measurements because I was like, ah, it's fine. I'll just put it on the blog. And then I want to make sure that the blog looks cool, quote unquote, cool. And so that people will follow. Well, no, didn't, people didn't follow because they couldn't understand the, the measurements. Um, even no matter how beautiful the photo is, you know, they will probably look, but they won't follow the recipe. Um, so what kind of change have you done? You know, if, if that's not, if my mission is for them to try it, you know, then it won't follow through. But if I want them to try the recipe, then I have to take the time to do my research, take notes, then they'll appreciate my hard work. So it's also about appreciating your followers time. So um, yeah, so it's, it's just re refocusing their priorities. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, I've noticed that you distribute content on many different platforms. You have obviously, uh, I'm sure you have a Facebook page, you know, you do Instagram, you have your blog, you do cooking shows, etc. And YouTube. That's a lot of content, right? Um, and uh, so two part question, is this your full time job? Like, is it actually possible to to do this? Like, and if, if you don't mind, sharing, like, how do you even monetize doing that? But then also, like, what's your content strategy? I mean, how do you have fine time? Do you do it all yourself? I mean, you know, just kind of give us a little behind the scenes maybe of what your day looks like. What do you do? What's your strategy? How do you make all this happen? And I could ask you the same question because you also have. Uh, yeah, because you, you do a lot of things as well. And then, well, the, the first part, um, I was doing it full time for a while. Um, and then now I have, I'm working, uh, I have a day job at a nonprofit. So I actually love my, my day job because it's still aligned with, you know, empowering good. So um, yeah, I, I have that. And then after work, I work out, <laughs> I still go to the gym. And then after that, I start um, working for a vegan, you know, um, doing grocery, researching recipes, 
recipe testing. Um, so that's pretty much my, and then monetization, I uh, get, you know, it's monetization through um, YouTube, through the affiliate links on, on the blog, and as well as uh, from doing, you know, live events, um, cooking demonstrations, at special, at, you know, like food festivals, stuff like that. So, it, uh, so it's not, it's something, but it's, uh, it's, it's not my full-time yet. It's not my full-time career yet. So I'm, I'm doing a balance act, balancing act right now. And it's tough. Um, so I also want to learn your strategy as well. So it's, it's pretty tough, but, you know, I signed up for it and I understand the challenges. And I also find it as, uh, I, I actually read this book called Rework. I don't, maybe you've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. You said you read the book. I read, well, okay, I have to be, I'm guilty. I actually listened to the audiobook, so I didn't read. Oh, that's, all, that's like 99% of all the books that I read. I, I do Audible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I listened to Rework, and it's a wonderful point that the book made was, um, look at having no time as a challenge to be creative, meaning um, sometimes restrictions are good. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's right. That's what made me passionate about cooking because I wasn't into cooking before as much as I am now. Before I thought it was like kind of a chore, but now it's like, what are you telling me that? Okay, now I'm telling myself I can't cook with meat. I can't cook with dairy. What else is out there? It's just like a chopped this the or you know the on Food Network or Iron Chef. Like if you have if you can only like cook with five ingredients and these are the five ingredients and suddenly you're like you know creative juices are flowing if you look at it that way with time and you know okay now you only have this resources because you have this day gig what are you gonna do with it you know so that that sort of reshifted my focus like oh wait or oh, my perspective and now I look at it as a, a creative challenge and um so that's, and then, uh, yeah, that's my strategy. But I mean, I'm still learning as well. Um, it's very difficult with social media because it's a great tool for my business, but it's also a great distraction. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to be honest. It's important to be uh, completely honest there. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's a great asset. And actually, you know, I did a four year uh, social media fast. Like I wasn't on anything for like four <gasps> years. Oh yeah. I just got back on like this, like six months ago for the purpose of doing all this. And so you know, it was crazy, but it's been such a, it's, it's, it's been awesome because coming back on now I have a reason that I'm on. And of course it's still, you know, it's distraction once in a while, but it, the, the goal, you know, cause the, the time that I spend on it is because I'm trying to promote something good and it gives me a reason to be on there as well, which is really awesome. And right. I'm actually doing the same thing that you had mentioned as well, which is juggling two things. I work a full-time uh, job uh, on the side as a sales analyst and business and marketing. Uh, but at the same time, the reason I'm doing this is because eventually I want to do this full-time. I want to take the skills that I learn about how to influence online, how to influence in person and make an impact and then work with nonprofits. That's really my main goal with this is because I'm tired of nonprofits. I'm a Christian myself. So a lot of nonprofits are religious, religion based or, you know, uh, spiritually based. 
And so I, I th- I'm just so tired of them being the underdog and having the worst graphics, the worst websites, the worst videos, the worst marketing and, and no money. Right. And so I just have a burden to learn these skills so that I can help them later on. So right now it's, it's literally a side thing so that I can, uh, so I can learn because I still got to pay the bills, you know? Um, but, um, and, and one thing I did learn, um, through my process is that for those other people that are in the same position, um, don't feel bad about being in that position because it's actually an advantage because, you know, this is the time when you can figure out what works and what doesn't work and still be able to take care of your living, you know, your lifestyle. Um, because what, if once it becomes your full time, you know, you have your, your, you know, your mistakes cannot, you know what I mean? Like your, your life experiences, like it has to be more, uh, strategized. So, yeah, so it's, it's, I think it's better, um, you know, how other programs start with a pilot or with beta first, mm-hmm. same, same thing, same deal. Absolutely. And that's, what's so cool. And, that, and that's something that I want to touch on here. Uh, just as we, uh, as we wrap it up, I was, my cousin was asking me the other day, they said, Hey, like, should I do this internship or should I like go to, go to journalist school? And I was like, well, 10, 20 years ago, you would have to pick either or, but now I think you should do the, the, the internship and then, and then start blogging online. Because if, if your stuff is really good, then it's going to, you're going to find out even if you like writing, you know, just write something every day and put it out. And I think that was so cool about the modern media is that it, you know, it used to be very centralized at like the big organizations up top, like, you know, the TV networks, uh, the newspapers, the New York Times, et cetera, et cetera, and radio stations like National Public Radio. But now the market's kind of opened. And that's kind of the inspiration behind Empower Good. I just really feel like people like you, myself, other people, it's just like we all can make a difference in the community now or in the world. And uh, how, how do you, how is like just, how has social media actually helped you with that? Like the ability to now go everywhere instead of like, you know, back in the day, we couldn't really do anything like this. Like you could literally only reach your family. Exactly. And that's what feels wonderful with my cooking show. I mean, before then I would have to audition and fight over, you know, um, fight like other, other people trying to be on TV with their cooking show. And, you know, you have to, um, un- convince advertisers that um, I can be on their TV, you know, on, on they can fund me. But now I can just put my own content on YouTube. So I don't have to wait for pe- people to discover me. I can just, uh, I mean, you know, TV executives to discover me. I can just put my own content on my website and on YouTube and, you know, sort of, not have any gatekeepers anymore in that sense that yep. there. Awesome. Last question for you. I mentioned the hashtag learn and share, which is uh, one of the hashtags that Empower Good uses because you can't share what you don't know yourself, what you have not learned. And so what is, a, what is something that someone else shared with you? Because we're just kind of stepping out of it. Uh, you know, because we need to learn and we need to share. But somebody obviously has shared something with you. Maybe it's a quote, a book recommendation, something like that. Like, what is something that someone else has shared with you that has drastically like impacted you and that now has empowered you to do more good around you? Um. So, uh, for my work, for my line of work, 
um, my fiance. Um, so he has inspired me and he has told me because he's also, uh, he's very much of an entrepreneur and he advised, you know, he advised that he said that content is king. And if you have valuable information um, that you want to share, um, then let, then, then focus on that. Don't be too hot. Don't be distracted by, um, by, you know, the, the glamour of social media, because it's a double-edged sword, social media. So don't be, you know, focus on what you really want to do and, and focus on the value of what you want to do. If you just um, don't get distracted and, and, and really narrow it down, then people will reciprocate. So I hope that other people will do that, especially with their own social media accounts. If they have something valuable that they want to share, it could get very tempting and, you know, to, to just get sidetracked, especially once they get more, a lot more followers, uh, for, you know, with the whole, you know, looking or feeling fancy now that, you know, with the glamorous being, now you can be glamorous on social media, right? But um, don't be too, don't get sidetracked. Just focus on what you really want to do and um, the value you want to share with the world. Wow. Thank you so much. That is really, really important point. And I, I found that true in my own life. And I feel like the people listening are also going to really resonate with that. And I think that's kind of like the summary of what we can bring out of it. You know, if you have something that you're passionate about, you're passionate about health, and you're also passionate about helping other people, and you're passionate about your culture, if you combine something, if you have something valuable to share with the world, I feel like if you focus on that, the other stuff will come. And, uh, you know, and that's something that I've learned from you and I've been reminded about by you. So I thank you for that. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. Wow, what an inspiring episode. I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time to listen. You know, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, as well as visit empowergood.org to get all the latest updates on episodes coming up and other exciting things that happen. Finally, I want to say a big thanks to the Empower Good team, Karen, Ricky, Joel, Jasmani, and Brian. You guys are awesome. We'll see you in the next episode and remember to empower good.